Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Fight Insight Podcast, the podcast that brings you all the latest news, updates, and analysis from the world of mixed martial arts and occasionally other combat sports. Today, we discuss Sage Northcutt's cheating, Marab's stealing, Timmy B's perfect judging fix, and a whole lot more. Now sit back, relax, and get ready for an action-packed episode of Fight Insight, and we've got another special guest for you. Tim, hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fight Insight Podcast. Let's talk! Our guest today turned pro in 2020 and has racked up an impressive record of 7-1 and one in that short amount of time. He's a student at the MMA lab with greats such as Benson Henderson, Sean O'Malley, and our best friend, Brian Bam Bam Barbarena, formerly there. We've heard nothing about great things about this man. He's a genuine person and a family man first. But you may know him best as the guy that broke onto the UFC scene two weeks ago on three days notice stopped his opponent in the second round and earned a performance of the night bonus. Everybody, he is the man that walks by faith, not by sight. Please welcome to the podcast, Marcus the Maniac McGee. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? I appreciate it. That was pretty awesome. Hey, how you doing? Did you know, did you recognize the voice in the intro song i did it man i didn't recognize it unfortunately <laughs> it, it is mr brian bam bam barbarina himself no way huh i didn't i didn't even i was i, was, I figured as much but i was like man i can't even tell <laughs> yes he is a eight-time guest of the podcast he's one of our best friends and uh okay i asked him for all the dirt i could on you <laughs> I said, give me the worst stuff about the maniac. I want to know everything bad about this guy. So I'm going to drill him. Brian gave me absolutely nothing. I hope. I hope I didn't give him too much to talk about. (laughs) No, he says you are the best guy. Uh, He says you are such a great guy, such a family man, such as he is. Um, And he's just so happy for you and your success. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. Bam has always been one of those guys that I looked up to a lot. When I first got to the lab, he was breaking through. And, you know, uh, that's when he had fight, fought Sage Northcutt and, uh, you know, kind of gave up that big upset. And I remember just being there for that energy and the energy of the crowd, like the, the team and everything and how we felt. Because we already knew who he was and what he was capable of. But then for him to burst out and show the world, it was like it was a huge moment. So, yeah, he's always been the man. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Um, I know that, uh, I do want to give a shout out. You have a podcast yourself called punches and pints. Yes. Punches and pints. Yes, sir. Punches and pints. So everybody, I'm going to put the link to that podcast down in our show notes. Feel, you know, check that podcast out. I'll tell you, your setup is awesome. That thank you. Very good. Yeah. Very good production value. And now your, uh, co-host name is Brett. Mm hmm. You guys start this podcast. You're only on episode five as we record this now. Little does do you guys know that you're a UFC fighter by episode five. Like <laughs> Pretty how crazy. crazy. That's Pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah. You know, I thought it was going to come. I didn't think it was going to come by episode five. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I probably got a little bit more time. Maybe we'll get. So let me start doing a couple of things I want to do in the meantime, you know, kind of build a base uh and then little i know here we are fighting yeah it was amazing uh it's funny because we had another bellator fighter on uh jenna bishop 
who had her podcast going and then she turned pro, but it was like, you know, quite several episodes in, but you, 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 you jumped the shark way too quick, my friend. Like there was no lead up. It was just boom. Now I'm a UFC fighter. Boom. I'm one and oh, boom. I have my performance of the night. So yeah, uh, I will say to people, you know, I don't want to ask you questions that you've already answered everywhere else. And I will say that on episode five of punches and pints, you document the whole thing leading up to your UFC event and afterwards. So if people want to hear about like that whole experience for you, definitely go over and check out your podcast because you talk about it like in depth and, and really well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like we pretty much touched all the bases on there and just kind of got all into all the intimate little uh, nuances in between. So yeah, if they, if everyone really wants to know exactly how it went, there wasn't too much I missed on there. And if there is, they can reach out and say, what about this though? Well, was this still a little bit different? But uh, for the most part, I think we hit it off. We hit all the notes. Yeah, yeah. I did get a few fan questions and I think they must have listened because they were following up. So I'm going to ask you those things. First though, I just want to ask, it's been even a little bit of more time now has passed, you know, how good is your life? You have your UFC debut, your finish, your opponent, performance of the night bonus. Now you make it to the Fight Insight podcast. How wonderful. Everything's just shooting upwards, right? Yeah, you know, and honestly, I'm the type of person that life was already pretty great before. You know, like, I could always ask for more, right? There's always more in the bucket. There's always less in the bucket, too, you know? So it's like, you know, every day, every day is a blessing. And, you know, I, I was already living really good. There was a couple of things I wanted and I got to achieve one of them pretty quickly, which is getting into the UFC and then getting a finish and a bonus like that. But, you know, like I said, life was already pretty good. I have a beautiful family. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. We get, you know, we have a home, we have vehicles, like, like we can't ask for too much more. No, that's awesome, man. You seem like such a good dude. Uh, one of the things that happened as a result of your win at UFC, and this is from our friends over at, at MMA Games, they track your social media ex- explo- explosions. They do it for all fighters before the event and then after. Here's you. <laughs> that's 13. pretty crazy. 13.7 thousand increase. The other winners on the prelims with you increased by like 400. So people found out who you were. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I was surprised too. You know, I was, I kind of, cause I wasn't, I didn't even notice that my Instagram was blowing up like that or my social media was. And my wife was just like, Hey, like you are just going crazy on social media <laughs> right now. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice. And she's just going through and she's like, oh, 11,000, 12,000, 13,000. It was just like out of nowhere. So I appreciated all the love, you know, I appreciated all the love and getting that breakthrough, too. And it's so funny because a lot of people kept on saying, who is this Marcus McGee guy? And I always remember thinking to myself, like, that that's how it was going to be when I hit the scene, that they're going to be like, where did this guy come from? Who is this guy? You know? Uh, and that I was going to, you know, come out and show them who I was. So, Yeah, it's amazing what you did. And just so you know, since this MMA gains has been tracking, you are the second highest increase ever compared to anybody across all promotions. In terms of percentage, you increased by like over 400% or something over that weekend. So. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'm glad you you guys are giving me those numbers because I would never know. (laughs) I would never know about it. I'm going to go tell my wife. She's going to be super pumped about that. She's like, I knew it. I knew it. And then she's also been like, hey, has anybody ever taken a short notice fight that short notice and won and got a bonus like that? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's awesome. Uh, here's something that I thought was a great post. Uh, this are our friends over at, at Fight Bubble, and I saw a few pages stole this from them. I don't know that anyone's ever asked you this. Has anyone ever said that you look like a fighter, like another fighter? Never, but I've been seeing a whole lot of the Vandalay Silva post, right? <laughs> Here it is. A bunch. Yeah. There's, there's the transition. That's from that. Yeah, that's from our friends over at the Fight Bubble. They made that up. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I got a good laugh out of it. You know, I got a good I still don't think I look anything like the man, but you know, hey, whatever. He's a legend. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, if, if you've got to be compared to any fighter, being compared to the axe murderer. Yeah, is a, is a pretty good one, you know. Yeah, and I'm like uh, the alter, I'm like his alter ego, though, right? He's the axe murderer. I'm like the, you know, I guess I'm the maniac too. But like, you know, I'm just like the other, the other side of that, like the gentle warrior. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, so I do want to say, you were on the three days notice. Uh, we had a, a fan question. Just Mika uh, Micah dot bat asked. What kind of prep were you even able to do at all in those three days? I mean, it wasn't any prep. Like, there was no prep. There was nothing I could do to get ready for the fight. Everything was already done, right? It was all the weeks and and months leading up to that moment. So when we took the fight, we already knew that we were in really good shape. You know, like, I, I've been really, really adamant about staying in the gym and being active and being making sure my weight was taken care of as well. Because, I mean, that's always the biggest thing. If you're a true martial artist and you're and – you're, deep in this sport you're training constantly you're constantly in the gym you're constantly putting in the work constantly getting better the, the fighter aspect of it is making sure that your weight is right and manageable so that you can make weight if need to be right and so yeah and you detail that in on your podcast as well you talked about the fact hey i was just ready all the time just always constantly ready for a fight so that's awesome now you get there and then you were saying how like everything happens so fast because you get there late compared to how a normal fighter would appear on fight week I did notice when you walked out to the cage, you were wearing flip-flops and not the official Rock-branded Under Armour shoes. Why? Did, did they not give you your shoes? No, I had them back there, but I wanted to wear the flip-flops. I, I didn't want to wear the shoes. Like, last minute, I was like, you know what? I'm wearing the flip-flops. That's what I want to wear. Right. And no one, no one told me I couldn't wear them. So I, I, don't, like, want to get you, I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, no one... They didn't say anything about it. So I was like, okay, cool. I don't have to wear the shoes. Because I, I thought it was either you have to wear the slides if you're the fighter or you have to wear the shoes. You know, I didn't think that it was a uh, you had to wear the shoes, even though they made my team wear the shoes. I didn't think about it, though. I was kind of like just focused and honed in on the moment. And I was like, man, I don't want to go through the process of taking these shoes off right now. I'm not wearing my jacket out anyways. I'm just wearing my shirt out. So I was like, you know, I just kind of really wanted to get in that cage and feel that. Yeah, yeah. I was just worried that you didn't get a pair of shoes. And I was like, can someone <laughs> deliver the pair of shoes to the maniac? I just wanted to make sure you got all your perks, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, I got them. Yeah. Now, uh, you sign. So the thing is, you sign the contract. It's a four fight contract, right? I heard. Yes. That. Yep. Yep. DC, four fight contract. DC, during the broadcast, he makes mention while you're fighting. And I mean, you were doing very well the whole fight. But DC made a point to mention to say, no matter what happens with the maniac, they're going to give him another fight because of the short notice aspect and whatever. I don't think that's really true though, right? You weren't guaranteed a second fight. Like if you went out there and bombed it, they wouldn't have given you, they would just cut you right away. Right. 
No, they probably would have still gave me one just they... because just being ballsy enough to type of, to step up and be that type of company man. They would have gave me another one. You yeah. know, I, I'm almost positive they would have gave me another one. Plus, I'm exciting. I think I'm an exciting yeah. fighter, and I think that leads to it too. Like, not to say that other people aren't, but like, man, I really get in there and get after it. You know, and and, and I think that that kind of separates me from other other fighters. I don't really care to to win the fight. I care to fight. You know, like I care to like I want to win. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I want to. I want to do things I want to do in there and I want to turn it into a fight and I want to, I want excitement. I want, I want action. So I think that that would have got me uh, the play too, because they're going to get action. Even if he somehow came back and did something crazy to me, you know, the first few rounds, they'd be like, man, he was getting after him though. (laughs) Right. Right. No, it's amazing. It was so impressive. Such a crazy story. Now, like I said, you get the performance of the night bonus. So, I mean, the fact that you come in on short notice, like you said, I don't know that anyone's done that. I don't know that anyone's ever come in on three days short notice, takes the fight, wins it, you know, gets the finish and gets the performance of the night. Did Has Dana talked to you since? No, not Dana. I've talked to my manager, though. Uh, I'm going to go see him really soon here, Jason House, and uh, uh, and go see some of the guys in, in, the, in the UFC in Vegas the, next week. But no one's really came out and talked to me, and that's fine with me, you know, because, like, I understand like that was my first fight in the UFC. Like I have, I'm a company man. I understand. I got work to do, you know, and it was, it's great to have popped out on the scene like I did and to, to have manifested this moment. But I know that like, there's so much more, you know, there's so much more to do and so much more in the tank and I'm excited to do it too. So, you know, like, I'm like, I'm gonna save those conversations for after I, I you know, the eyes will turn, the eyes will turn and it's going to be there when it's time, you know, and, and all the conversations will come to fruition as they should. But, you know, I'm I'm all good with working first and getting the, the payout later, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's fine. I mean, I just, I'm so happy for you. Uh, we had a, a fan question, Brandon F2837. He asked, any advice for upcoming fighters? Yeah, I would say find a coach that you trust. Find a coach that you that you trust that has your best interest uh, and that knows what he's doing. That's my first thing. And then train until you can't train anymore. You know, especially the start. Like, there's so much to do. There's so much to so much growth there, right? And it's like the fights are gonna happen eventually. You'll you, when it's time, you'll be ready for it. But you have to build that skill set and make sure that you're prepared for those moments. So, I think find a coach and a gym that you can trust. And then uh, train your butt off. That's that's the main things I would say. Everything else will fall in line. Nice. And I will say, I didn't know who you were when you came out, of course. I think maybe I did, actually, now that I'm saying that. I think Bam Bam told me, oh, watch out for this guy. But when I watched you walk out and when you're in the cage and you gave that triangle symbol showing that you're part of the lab, I'm like, oh, this dude, man, there we go, right? I love, <laughs> I love how you guys do that with the triangle sign. That's awesome. Yeah, somebody hit me up and was like, hey, what is that? They used to, they knew me from back in high school. Hey, what is that triangle you're throwing up? You joined the Illuminati or what? Like, <laughs> is that how you got in there? I'm like, no, I didn't join the Illuminati. It's the lab symbol, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And they're like, oh, okay, because you just never seem like the type to join the Illuminati. I was like, yeah, I don't think they want me either. <laughs> hey, hey, never say never. And, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Leave options open, maniac. Leave <laughs> options open. Uh, Brady Bunch, you got anything that you wanted to ask? You know what? First of all, uh, I enjoyed hearing all of this. Uh, a lot of things you said hit close to home. I'm dealing with, like, trying to find the right coach at the moment. I've been hopping around. Uh I'm also going through a weight cut at the moment and I 
did not do it properly. So I'm <laughs> listen to your advice in the future. Uh, but no, it's it's been an honor, and I have a feeling you're just your socials are going to keep growing and growing. Uh, I guess one silly question: the nickname Maniac McGee. Have you ever read the children's book Maniac McGee? So that's where I actually wanted to adopt it from because that was my favorite book growing up, right? Because it resonated with my life. I mean, my wife's name is Amanda, you know, and it's just so funny, you know. So, uh, yeah, it resonated with me a lot. And then when my buddies gave me that nickname when I was like 24, when they were calling that nickname out, I was like, yeah, Maniac McGee. I remember that. And uh, that was the book. So that's what I actually uh, embodied the name from was the book. All right. And you know what? That was one of my favorites. I remember when I was younger, too. So, like, uh, that's awesome. Heck, yeah. They got they got to re-release that book with a picture of you on the cover. now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Same exact story, but just me on there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I did want to say because you train at the lab, so you're friends with Sugar Sean O'Malley, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I don't know if you saw, but did you see his appearance on the Ariel Helwani show yesterday? No, I didn't see it. I'm going to play for you a very brief clip. At the MMA lab, Ariel, you know how many killers we got there. We got guys that are obviously looking. Look at Marcus. Marcus just made his debut three days notice. <laughs> yeah. Bring it. That's what's up. Let's go, Shug. <laughs> Heck go. yeah. I That's my that guy. Was- yeah, I thought that was so cool that he gives you the shout out specifically, right? You know, like he's in his moment talking about his upcoming thing. And when they ask, like, who are you training with, whatever, right away, he brings you up. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that's dope. And yeah, I've done a lot of, I've been training with Shook for years too, you know, and I never thought about it. You know, he's again, like he's my teammate and he's a good guy and I'm going to give work to all my guys, you know, and, you know, I always appreciated him as well because he's always a good guy, you know, and doing what he was doing. It's always cool to see people doing great things. So like, it's awesome to see him calling my name out too, especially like, I know they told me for years now, years like, bro, you're going to be there. You know, you just, just, just come, just keep coming. Just keep being at the gym, keep training, quit your job. <laughs> you know, uh, like they've been telling me for years and finally it's here, you know, and it's like, all right, you know, maybe I should have listened years ago or maybe it's per- or it's perfect timing. God's timing. Right. That's right. Yeah, no, it's perfect timing. Everything has its purpose, Marcus. Like it, it all fits and it all fills out perfectly, right? So you just got to follow it. Um, before we let you go, before I ask my last question, is there anything that you wanted to say to the fans, friends, viewers, and listeners of the podcast? Uh, I mean, if anything, just sorry if I haven't gotten back to you. Like I genuinely hate text messaging back. <laughs> I genuinely hate being on my phone. Like I genuinely don't like it. You know, I prefer phone calls. So. You know, video chat me on Instagram. You might get me picking up, <laughs> you know, like you'll probably get and I'll be happier to reply, you know, because at least it's just words. So or, or, you know, send me some words. So if anything, just, you know, sorry if I haven't gotten back to you. I appreciate everybody and all the following. And it's been awesome to watch, you know, to watch myself kind of blow up overnight, especially after the last 10 years of grinding this hard. And, you know, just keep on looking out and hopefully I can, uh, you know, give some people a couple more. Ooh, wow. Ah you know yeah yeah no definitely those are coming uh marcus i do want to ask you a question that we've been asking all the guests of the podcast for the last couple months now brady bunch um marcus on a scale of one to ten how happy are you uh man i feel like that's got to be a 10 if i said less than that 
and it's like a different happiness. I get to control my happiness, right? So if I'm controlling my happiness to 10, right? There's a lot of things that could make me not happy in this world, but there's a lot of things I have that people would give limbs for. So I'm going to say 10, you know, I'm, I'm excited and, and happy with life. Yeah, that's great, Marcus, man. Guys, everybody follow Maniac McGee. I had your socials up at the bottom before on the thing, but it's at Maniac underscore McGee MMA. If you're if you're just listening to this on audio, go follow, go follow along with the other 14, 15, 16,000 people. God knows what it's going to be by the time we look at back at the phone now, Marcus. Uh, It's crazy. Any any ideas before we let you go? Any ideas when you think that you will get back into the cage now? What would be the ideal time for you? Uh, I'm looking for July, uh, but it might be August, so we'll see. You know, um, that'd be fine with me. That'd be fine. Give me a, you know eight eight weeks to get get back and get going. You know, that sounds good. Like uh, I enjoyed the last week. I've been training still this last week, but just not as rigorous as I have in the last six months. So it's kind of like I'm like, oh, I'm slacking. I only trained three days last week. You know, so. Uh, back after it this week and uh, just getting grinding. So it'd be nice to get that, get that little bit of time so I can be prepared. And I know I'm going to be fighting the top level. So that'd be, that'd be perfect. I would say uh, July, August time. That's awesome. Uh, Marcus, I appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. People were so excited knowing that you're coming. They're like, you got him so quickly after his win. So everybody's so excited to hear more about you and talk to you. Uh, Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Can't wait to see great things. And hopefully one day you can come back on the podcast. Absolutely. I'd love that. I love that. Let's go do it. Let's do it again for sure. Hey, and good luck on your fight too. And your weight cut. I know that's two fights, right? Two fights, the weight cut and the fight. So, uh, nothing but, but nothing but wishing you the best. So go out there and kill it. You'll be fine. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> Definitely. You gained the fan, a fan for life. Uh, <laughs> Heck yeah. Likewise. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Take care, Marcus. Bye-bye. Oh, what a good guy. guy. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, I mean, every like I said, I was I was asking Bam Bam. I said I want to know all the dirt on this guy. What's the worst thing about this guy? Did he cheat on his taxes? Did he <laughs> uh, did he steal Did he steal a drink from a from a grocery store? Anything? Like, give me give me anything, you know. Uh, but Bam Bam said nothing. He's just the greatest dude, you know. He's got I believe it's four children. Uh, his wife. He just seems like a good guy. He used to be a skateboarder. I think, or I think he was a skateboarder. Yeah. Um, it was funny when he said to hit to hit him up on uh, audio calls. So now he's just going to get random audio calls from, from followers <laughs> on Instagram. Um, Brady Bunch. So your fight, I can't believe how fast this is around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put the poster up that I just saw uh, came out today from rough and rowdy. And again, everybody Brady Bunch fights this Friday. So, I mean, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for still coming on the podcast. So few days out. Uh, Such a distraction. I I love, I love the podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. And there you are. So you get the pay-per-view at buyrnr.com. Um, check out, check that out for sure. Send Brady Bunch some love and support. Um, what are you feeling? How you, how you doing? How's everything? So, you know what? I'm definitely stressed. Uh, I will say that, uh, as discussed earlier, my biggest issue at the moment is this weight cut. Okay. Uh, I originally thought this fight was May 28th. I think I mentioned that previously. So I kind of just timed things wrong. 
Uh, but I know I'm about three pounds away at the moment. So I think oh. I'll right. Like I've cut out the carbs. I'm on a very keto style diet. Uh, my sauna suit arrived this morning. I have a infrared sauna sleeping bag. I'll be testing out tonight. Nice. Uh, so I'm just hoping that I could be rehydrated, get some glucose or glycogen back into these muscles. Uh, because I think the only way I'm going to lose is if I go in there exhausted and just not properly hydrated. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I feel ready. Uh, I'm definitely nervous. As you all know, a fight could all it takes is one punch. Uh, but I'm also really excited to be headed to West Virginia. I'm getting nothing but some hate, but a lot of love from people down there. Uh, so, like, I do think this is going to be a cool thing. Respect to Brittany, my opponent. I am going to try to take her head off because I get that knockout bonus. Uh, but just the fact that she's she's stepping up and the two of us are doing this, uh, yeah. I'm hoping it will lead to more opportunities for trans athletes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, yeah. Trying to make sure I don't overtrain the next couple of days, take it light. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm nice. pumped. And I appreciate the opportunity to spread word of this through the podcast. It's always great. Uh, you're, you're the co-host. It's up to you. You tell us what to talk about. But no, I appreciate it so much. And I'm so excited for you. I think it's going to be great. But I do want people to try and support as much as possible. So we'll keep pumping out the, the stories on our Instagram and try to get people to watch. Um, if you're here because of Marcus McGee and you're watching the podcast because of Marcus, thank you so much. Uh, welcome everybody to the podcast. You know, we appreciate Marcus's time so much. Stick with us. And we've got tons of great episodes in the backlog. If you are a MMA lab fan or friend, then go check out all of Bam Bam's appearances. They're just multiples upon multiples, right? Uh, he's the best dude, man. We love him. Uh, I do want to say next week on the podcast. So we got Marcus like a week and a bit after his win. We're doing it again. We've got big, bad Olga Rubin. She's a, a UFC, uh, sorry, a Invicta FC bantamweight. Just won her fight uh, last week at Invicta. Uh, put on a performance I've never seen before. She locks in a buggy choke, which... I'm almost two weeks past now, and I still don't know what the hell I saw. It's confusing as hell. Have you ever pulled off a buggy choke in your in your training? So, no, it's really funny. I remember in particular when I was training with, I think it was Manimal. Uh, there was, I didn't do it, right? But they were testing out the buggy choke. Uh, yeah. And it seemed, A, like, you got to be built right for it, I think is what I got out of it. Like, only like flexibility. Yes, maybe like leg length and things like that. Uh, and also just like you have to be very well polished. So like I'm nowhere close Ama to that. Wise yet. <laughs> uh, it was amazing, though. So she pulls it off. Go watch it now. Go go back to the last Invicta event and check out Olga Rubin. But we're very excited to see her. And if you're a fan of the podcast and a regular listener, that is the fighter that Purple Supernova, Kate Batchik, the queen of the South, when we said, who should we get on the podcast? She said, go get Olga Rubin. She's my twin. So yes. that, and then she was flying out to Israel to go train with her right then and there. So that's who we're having on the podcast next week. Um, so we're very excited. That's awesome. 
friend of the podcast uh, update, of course, rageworksnetwork.com. We're on there. And so we want to thank them for always being a part of their podcast network. Uh, yesterday, I recorded another podcast. I was a guest on something called the Token Podcast. Nice. Uh, that was a great podcast. It's very like, it's just all different topics. So they just had me on to talk about random stuff. It was pretty cool, but uh, shout out to the guys at token podcast. And then this weekend fighting, we've got Ji Yeon Kim friend of the podcast, South Korean fighter that we love. She is fighting this weekend and wink, wink future friend of the podcast, Matt Brown is fighting. So Potentially a little spoiler there, but I do hope Matt Brown is coming on the podcast. I think he is, but uh, he's got this fight this weekend. So let's let him get through that and kick some ass. Um, but those are the two friends of the podcast. I think that I have to shout out. I, what do you want to talk about? We have so much to talk about, but real, we wanted to. A real quick thing. If we get Matt Brown, I would love to talk to him about uh, is it Mark Coleman that he's been training with. Yeah, transformation. Uh, just a random thought. If we could bring that up, because I'm yeah, sure yeah. inside knowledge. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, yeah, for sure. Uh, this weekend, this last or last podcast, we talked about how amazing BKFC was and how they won the weekend. Yes. This last weekend with UFC 288, it was a good pay per view, but I would say potentially one FC won the weekend. Interesting. Did you watch the one FC card on Friday? I did not. I I literally was able to watch some of it, I guess, because my coach had it on while okay. training after. Uh, but really, no. Uh, I've no. seen some highlights. I heard all my gym mates talking about it, which shows yeah. how much they loved it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say I was taking notes at the beginning, and it was pretty bad. The commentators... Uh, they need to mix up their commentators. They've got Rich Franklin, who, respectfully, not the greatest. They've got Mitch Chilson, who's a former guest of the podcast. He's great. He's the standard. But they used to have that guy, Michael Chavello, the, I, I want to say, Australian guy. Yeah. And he was awesome. He's the guy that says, the big kibosh, one-two yeah. kangaroo, that guy, right? Uh, Good night, Irene, that guy. Um He's gone. I don't know what the hell happened, but he's gone. People are sending him messages on Twitter saying, where the hell are you? And he's just like, I don't know. I think they must have just let him go or something. But so the commentary is kind of bad. The production value, even the lighting and stuff seems kind of bad. And so I was like, it's not great. You know, my wife comes down, of course, while they have a grappling match on. Yeah. And so she sees two dudes with shirts on in the cage. And she's like, why didn't they take their shirts off? <laughs> <laughs> And then she realizes it's like grappling and she's like, can you turn this off? This looks terrible. Like, what are you doing? Right. So I'm kind of embarrassed. Uh, but then this fight happens, which was the killer of the night. I love her dancing. That is stamp. Fair text comes out. I just showed a little quick video of her dancing. You know, she does her dance, which is perfectly choreography to like whatever K-pop song it is. And then she comes out, she fights Elise Anderson, who's former guest of the podcast as well. Elise takes it to her. Like, holy moly, good fight. It was crazy the first round. Maybe Elise Anderson is actually winning the fight. And then in the second round, Stamp starts getting her timing. At one point, you would have loved it. Right in the middle of the fight, she just starts pointing at her elbow and going, coming, it's coming. Yeah. 
and it was so it was cool it was kind of badass and then they're in a clinch and she pushes Elisa away and then rips a body kick to the stomach and just rumples her like it was such a crazy event like the whole fight just beautiful does one fc allow replays because i do have the amazon app like i think it is yeah 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 i think it is i think you can watch the fight back on amazon um so they had a few good fights uh dj demetrius johnson he ends up hold retaining his title so that was big um overall the card was pretty good and i think with that stamp fair text though boy oh boy she's she's a superstar right like just a superstar. Um, overall, the event was pretty good. I think a lot of people liked it. Um, production value, though, they got to fix something. It just doesn't look right. And they were in America. Still no ring girls. What the? I don't, I don't understand. Why can they not bring back the ring girls? What is their problem here? It just, it's such a weird miss. And then I mentioned it on Twitter, and then some people were like, oh, I didn't even realize. And then the minute I say it, people are like, yeah, what the fuck? Where's the ring? <laughs> like, you kind of don't realize you miss it until you're missing it. Um, but I'm going to bring up one thing which I thought was so weird, and this was Sage Northcutt. Yeah, I'm interested about this. Returns after three or four years. I hope this part doesn't get cut out, okay, when I um, when I put this on the screen. Like, I hope, this, I hope uh, we don't get not banned, but like if it lets me show this. Okay. So I'm calling this super sage, super sketchy. I'm going to play. The fight is only 30 seconds, but I'm going to play generally the last bits of the fight. Okay. So here we go. So you see that? Yeah. Sage gets knocked down with a jab. They go to the ground. Sage kind of grabs them. Boop! Gets the heel hook in. They roll once. And the minute the roll is over, the guy's tapping. And I'm like, oh, okay. They don't show any replay. And the only version we have of it is pretty much like from where the ref kind of almost steps in. like, Like blocks the camera. It's so weird to me. Okay, now remember, Super Sage was like a big touted guy. Yeah. He goes over to 1FC, loses, and now hasn't fought in like three years or whatever it is. Comes out and wins 30 seconds with a heel hook. Right? Like, and I'm like, okay. So then I think, is the punch, was the punch fake that like knocked him down? Because to me, when it happened in real time, I was like, I don't even think the punch landed. Well, for those that think that, I slowed it down. He hit him. Yeah. So you can see there, the punch kind of does hit him. He shows. Now, mind you, it's a jab and he falls down. So that's not good news. You know what I mean? But here's the part that I don't like yeah. about, the, about the ankle, uh, about the heel hook. And I've circled something here. Sage does something weird with his hand before, as he's grabbing, he does something weird with his left hand before he then goes into the roll. Watch this part here. You see that? When he let go? He like, it's like he's tapping. I'm going to play it one more time. And then after he does it, I should have let this run a little bit longer. I apologize. After he taps it like that or whatever the hell he's doing, then he goes into the roll. 
I just don't want to play too much because I don't want to get this cut off YouTube. So that's it's curious to me. I'm so going to rewatch these fights. And put so this what I okay. So what I am saying is, it was a rigged fight, and that that left hand is what tells the guy, "Okay, we're going into our role now." All right. Remember when they they were talking about how Jake Paul did the thing with his glove? Yeah. To show Woodley that the knockout blow wasn't going to come now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is this weird tap. Like, I'm like, why the hell are you reaching up and grabbing like that? If you're watching this podcast, put in the comments whether you think I'm insane or whether that's a conspiracy. You know what? I'm really going to think about this one. Only because Sage basically got his face broken three years ago. (laughs) Yeah. was like one of their money men. I think who they were hoping to push, right? Yep. So you do have to wonder, like, we need just, we need Sage to win and Sage to win big, right? But then the one reason why I'm like, yo, it just it happened too fast. I don't know. I don't no, know. but that's the problem. Wait, what's what's too fast? The fact that he finishes in three seconds or the when the guy taps like within nothing? Because both of those things to me is how it's rigged. Later on in the night, there's a there's a big BJJ match, right? Yeah. Which if you care about it or not, but there's a big BJJ match, and the and the champ guy uh, Mushemi, Mikey Mushemi, or whatever his name is, I love. This. He generally, you do. He yeah. has his opponent in a heel hook for about eight minutes, and you know his what he's done the people's ligaments in the past. Right. So he's got this guy for like eight minutes readjusting, region, blah blah blah, right? Can't finish. I'm like, so then I'm tweeting. I'm like, Super Sage Northcutt is the greatest BJJ athlete of all time. But you know what? To be fair, I'll say this. It's been a while since I've gone into grappling. Um, mm-hmm. But there I was thinking I was fucking dominant because I had a wrestling background, <laughs> right? Yeah. Where they would like King of the Hills, basically like take someone down, get them on their back or submit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, all it took I remember I screamed like such a little girl <laughs> in a matter of seconds from some guy. Yeah. In a, I, now, what I will say is I was not used to that feeling. And I think half of it was just me freaking out. Right. right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. I see this guy has been put in plenty of uh, locks like that before. So you are. No. Okay. But then Sage's opponent is a pro fighter. He should have been put in those positions too. That's what I mean. Right. Meaning he should so, have experience and. He's literally tapping almost as they're rolling. He's like, you know what? No, I'm going to ask him to literally pick the brains of some of my jujitsu coaches. Yeah. Go ask ask him. That's right. And I don't care. Like, look, a lot of people have called me crazy. They say I'm an idiot. There's no way. Right. But just then explain to me what that left hand is doing. What the fuck is that left hand doing? Now I did get someone and I want to give a shout out. Let me see if I can find this quick enough here. Uh, I was asking people like, what the hell is that person doing? Like, what are they doing? Uh, and the person said something like Sage is such a nice guy that he's just reaching up to pat him to say good job. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's what he's doing. (laughs) It was just, I mean, I just don't know what Sage is doing now. Well, let's go into UFC, UFC 288, because there's a few things I want to talk about there. I was going to bring up some stuff with Maniac, but he's just such a nice guy. I didn't want to put him in a weird position. And also, uh, 
um, Sugar Sean addressed some of the things in his interview yesterday with Ariel Hawani. So I'm like, okay, he's not too mad at the issue. So I was kind of leaving alone. But before we get to that drama, there was a um, issue here that I just posted on our Instagram. Do you remember when we were talking about Nganu? No, uh, John Jones and uh, Cyril Gaon. Yes. And I and I said, look, if anybody wants John Jones to win, it's UFC, and they will do anything they can to make sure this dude gets a win. I yes. was were you my co-host in that day? And I said, like, they'll make his taxi late. They'll turn the they'll turn the lights off in his room. They'll do whatever. I I think it was you, right? You were the co-host on that day. Well, freaking hell! Look at what happens to Aljamain Sterling. What about the weight cut? You you well, the hotel the the air conditioning in the workout room they fucked that up really bad, man. Our room was constantly fluctuating between hot and cold. It took me an hour and a half longer to cut the weight than it normally does. Yeah. So you know what? <laughs> that, that that never happens. Yeah. So I'll I'll be honest. Uh, I think it's very clear the UFC does not want him holding on to that belt very long. Uh, so part of me does have to wonder. I'm sure they booked the hotels. I'm sure, right? And you heard him ca- causing that controversy uh, to O'Malley, basically saying, "Oh, Dana, your daddy's gonna can't protect you when we get in the ring, right?" Like. There's definitely favoritism, and I, I do have to wonder, right? Like, they don't want him holding on to the belt for numerous reasons. Yeah. Uh, I think they see someone like O'Malley as someone they could push really far, make a lot of money with. He's well-liked. Yeah. Uh, so I can so see that, right? And I know, like, with this whole weight cut thing, and for example, I've got the two boxing gyms that I've been training out of. One I've not stepped into because they have the AC blasting at the moment. Right, right, right. And you just don't want to risk it. Yes, right? Whereas, like, yo, I can only imagine being as frustrated as him, cutting his weight, literally not going to have an easy fight, by the way. Uh, yeah. And I think Triple C is who they really would have wanted to win. Uh, yeah. Right? And it backfired. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's kind of crazy. But geez, Louise, me and my conspiracy brain, right after I said that's what they were going to do to Gone, then it happens to Aljo. Like, yeah. how many times have I been in a hotel in my life? Like a jillion times? How many times has the air conditioning and the heater just start to fluctuate randomly? Yeah, Zero. Not- like, that never happens. And you know, these guys are staying at better hotels than I ever stay at. Yep. Right? So, I mean, extremely strange. Uh, now if we want to talk about what happened at UFC 280, you watched the fight, you watched Aljo and Triple C? Yes. Who did you think won? Aljo. Yeah? Yeah. So did I. I thought he won. I thought it was, you know, yeah, I thought he won too, but he lost round five pretty badly. Yes. So that, that doesn't look good when you end the last round in such a compromised position. Um, what did you think about the booing from your uh, hometown chums there, Brady Bunch? They were booing you know the crap out of them. Keep in mind, this was in Jersey, right? So technically, they're like our annoying cousins over there. Okay, <laughs> right? okay. Yeah, if this was at the Barclays Center. 
or MSG, I wonder what the crowd's reaction would have been like, right? But you think it, you think it would have been different? I, you know what? I'm going to be fair uh, to you. Like the New York Giants and the New York Jets technically play in Jersey, <laughs> right? So we are one and the same. So you might be very, you might be very well. Uh, he may have been booed, but this is my opinion. I don't understand why he was getting booed. Like I like him as a heel, but it wasn't like booing type heel. I think he's bringing it. He's calling him out. He's letting uh, O'Malley know I'm not scared of you, right? No, but um, he was. Hold on, but he was being booed during the fight. So, yeah, that's what's so interesting to me. I guess just a lot of Triple C fans came out. I don't know. It, 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 what, it, is, it is confusing because people were confused. I will say that the one thing that bothered me, and I tried to find clips of it or even pictures, but I can't. So I got to wait until the uh, pay-per-view is on uh, UFC Fight Pass. By then, I won't care anymore anyways. But he kept doing that thing where when he was on the ground and he would go down on all fours yeah. and then wag his down. head. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, so he's like in child's pose and then Triple C backs away and he still stays there in child's pose with his head down and he's like wagging it. And that's where it's like, yo. I think that's when the crowd started to boo because they're like, what the fuck are you doing? It was was a lot, right? But here, I mean, it makes me wonder if he tries something like that in a match in the future. Like, I feel like someone's going to have a quick answer when he's down there. Right. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think in the moment you're probably like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Like it's the yeah. weirdest thing. Yeah. It's like ben, it's like Benson Henderson, Benson Henderson, who trains at the MMA lab. He'll jab your thigh in the middle of a fight, and I always think like, I bet you the person's just like, "What the hell was that?" Like, yes, it's just but a weird it. thing. But you're right. I think like a future opponent should be like, "Okay, if he ever does that, I'm just gonna reach down and freaking smash him because he has he can't block anything." Yes. Right. Uh, so strange, really strange. I think that's why he was getting booed, um, you know, rightfully or wrongfully. And it's like, you know what? Like, if they want to boo him, they can boo him. But he he was being a good guy. Like, I like him. God damn it, Aljo. I want Aljo on this podcast because I see, he seems like such a cool dude and such a nice guy. Yes. Um, here's my thing. And, and we'll transition this now into what I'm calling, you know what Red Panty Night is, right? The Conor McGregor Red Panty Night. Yeah, I'm so dumb. No. Like that. No, well, that was the reference when he said, like, you know, fighting me is a red panty night. All right, we just lost a lot of viewers right there where you said you didn't know that reference. That's that's no. pretty cool. You should know that. No. Red panty night is Conor McGregor, and he was like, you know, it's red panty night when you fight me because it just means like you're going to get the money, whatever. Well, I'm calling this red jacket night because <laughs> with the Sean O'Malley thing with the jacket, did you follow this? Did you yeah. see what happened? hysterical yeah funny as hell so what (laughs) happens if people don't know sean o'malley goes into the cage takes his thriller jacket off and hands it to what he later says he thought was a coat boy (laughs) but it's actually marab and then marab puts the jacket on he jumps the cage and starts cheering with the crowd and all that while aljo and sean are fighting or, or while they're like jabbing at each other and then when he comes back, then there's a scuffle and a whatever. But so again, there's <laughs> and then here he is, I'm just circling there. Like that's the red jacket. Like that's what we're focused on here. Uh, so first question, this was what I was going to ask Maniac, but Sean O'Malley himself kind of jokes it off and goes, yeah, I thought he was the coat boy. It's fine. I don't know. It's the jacket smells weird now. I might just give it to him. <laughs> uh, 
first question to you. Did you like Marab doing that? Do you find that funny? I think it's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was playful. I don't think anyone needed to get really angry. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I like that even Sugar Sean after is not mad about Like, he's not like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. He was just like, this guy's a goof. Yes. He just does goofy things, whatever. Right. Uh, here's my second controversy of the night or second conspiracy of the night. Sorry. I think that Marab doing it, although funny and although whatever, I feel like, I don't know why he's trying to take spotlight away from Aljo. Interesting. Like this is Aljo's moment. He wins the fight. He's, he's the champion defends his title. He's in there. Then Marab takes it, takes jacket, puts it on, jumps up on the cage, you know, cameras are like following Marab. And it's like, this is his moment. I'm just, I look, they're in the same goddamn division. See, you know, I felt like no, didn't care. Like a part of me, I don't, I, I think they've got such a camaraderie and this is why Dana hates it. Yes. That that long Island crew, right. Including Steamroller, Right. Like yeah. they are all very tight. They train with each other and they got people on the outside too. Like I know Steamroller and Billy Q are super tight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffalo, right? Billy Q is Buffalo. Billy, but he might train out there, but he's like a Buffalo guy. Yeah. I think he might be down in Florida now, but yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, or I could be completely wrong. But basically, like the vibe I do catch is they're like a family. They hang out together. I think, like, so in my opinion, I think Barab was just being like, the clown in the wolf pack, right? <laughs> like, like I, hear you. I, I hear you that, like, I could see a fighter being annoyed, like, but I don't think Aljo was. But if I could see someone else being like, yo, what's this guy doing? This is my special moment. I just won. Jumping on top of the cage, right? But I do yeah. think more like frat vibes. <laughs> you know? I know, but I just feel like you're going to do that one too many times. And and then someone's going to get mad about it. Like, someone's going to be like, hey, this was my moment. Like, what are you doing? But keep in mind, Aljo keeps saying he's going to drop the belt. Right? I, which, is, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> great, right? You're going you're gonna to give up your title, your pay-per-view points. This was the first time ever, uh, was it ever or whatever the, the stat is, where he's headlined a paper where the bantamweight title is the main event of a pay-per-view. It's normally co-main or, or whatever, right? This is huge. He set himself up. Look, him versus Sugar Sean, that's a pay-per-view main event. No doubt. That's, that's the top billing. That's big pay-per-view numbers, pay-per-view points, your championship money. They always say that's way more than when you have like no title. You're just going to give that away because your friend is in the same division as you know what one of my theories is hearing him talk about the weight cut issue like part of me thinks he's struggling to make that weight but he but he weighed in a pound under he weighed in at 135 uh sorry 134 not even 135 so it's not like he was right at the the tick or anything maybe and he did not look bad on that scale he did not look bad i think when he made reference on the scale by saying oh that was a tough weight cut i think he's talking about the fact that the air conditioning was fucked up on purpose by a UFC employee, allegedly. Yes. Like, 
I don't think he didn't look bad on the scale at all. And then did you see when people were booing him on the scale? See, but it makes me want, no, I didn't see that. Oh, so when he weighed in, people were booing him. Like, I don't even know how you get into the official weigh in like that. You have to be probably someone of some importance. Why is and they're hated though. That's they're booing him on the scale. And they're like, and new and new. And then he's like weighing in and he's like, fuck you. And then as he walks up, he goes, <laughs> he's like, suck my dick or something. Like he's like pissed, but it's like, how are these people? Like, I don't get how he gets so much hate. It is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I think my Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, your Wi-Fi is uh, a little bit funny. But yeah, no. I, I, he he's just a. In my opinion, yes, we've here we see the rougher side a bit now. But like you said, at the end of the day, he seems like a clown, a good guy, and that's why I'm like I'm a little annoyed that he gets so much hate because I feel like he's yeah. forced to almost be like a heel now. Uh, so yeah, but he's not he's not leaning into it. But I will say, Marab, out of bounds, my friend. I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like Marab doing that. I think, like, look, I. I wish I could be there for your fight, a hundred percent this weekend, as we or this week, as we know. Like, I just can't get to the U.S. Um, because of my criminal behaviors and. But, uh, if imagine if I'm there walking you to the to the ring, and then you win your fight, and then I start going off and doing something weird to the crowd that focuses attention on me. I just don't think I would even think to do that. Like, sh- shouldn't I just be there, like cheering you? Like, yeah. I'm there for you. I'm not there as me, the athlete. I don't know. I don't like it. It just seems weird. I at some point that relationship is going to break. That's what I think is going to happen. I think we will have to wait and see. I think so. I think we wait and see. Um, all right. I think we've gotten to everything because we wanted to do the 1FC stuff, the Aljo getting booed, the the grappling stamp is amazing. I have a few other things, but we can leave that for another day. Can I bring up something maybe a little bit awkward with you? Sure. We're at the end of the podcast. Most people have dropped off by now. Friend of the podcast. F- former guest. Gita Marie. Yeah. Your opponent slash rival slash whatever. Maybe nothing at this point. Yes. She posted on Instagram the other day that her next fight is her last. All right. And so she's got a fight coming up. And so I know that you probably didn't see that. But so she said it's her last fight. She goes, I've accomplished everything I wanted to. I just, you know, this was never meant to be super long term. I wanted to put in some fights. This would be my fifth fight. It's, it's my last one. Yeah. Okay. What would happen if she wanted to start training with you to be like a training partner with you and a, and like, you know what I mean? And the reason I'm saying this is because a, if she's not fighting anymore, you two both have the same, narrative or goals like that you wanted to do trans versus trans. You had to put forth that narrative, which means you share that. Yes. And we just saw all the photos of Dominic Cruz with Rio Raya Faber and uh, the other guy. Did you see those photos that were going around? No. Yeah. So, so Dominic Cruz is at some sort of event or something and he's taking photos arm in arm with uh, Uriah Faber and uh, what's the other guy? Neck tattoo. The, the the champ Cody Garbrandt. Where? So 
heated, heated rivals enemies. And they're taking photos together. And then Dominic puts a post out saying like, hey, you know, like think bygones be bygones and whatever. We're all part of the same blah, blah, blah. Just throwing it out there. Would that ever happen? I I do wish I had more trans people to train with. I'm not going to lie. But I feel like a conversation would have to happen first. Hmm. She did say some things about my father. Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and here is the truth. I would have preferred to fight her and then have a relationship like that. Right. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. To get uh, that, to get that out. Yes. Yeah. And as you know, she claimed she was calling me out and I was hiding. <laughs> uh, I are, know. I know. Still fighting. I find it interesting. She's announcing her last fight, but I also get it. Part of me is like, how long do I have in this world or this game? Right. Uh, and I might just get to the point where I'm training a lot or maybe competing less often. So I'm open to it. Part of me has a feeling that me and this Brittany Vaughn will be training together too in the future. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I am. A, I do. I'm someone who can forgive, forgive but I don't always forget. But that mm. doesn't matter, right? Uh, so if yep. Marie's out there and she wants to talk about training in the future, uh, I'm not opposed to it. If she wants to fight one last time against me, I'm all for that. <laughs> right. But yeah, without yeah. Kickboxing or kickboxing, I know she probably wants the MMA, but I would say like, even though I'm an awesome wrestler, I know my grappling needs to get better first. Uh, and clearly she's done some kickboxing as well. So like, and I'll say this, she's got some fists, she's got some hands. Uh, yeah. So like, I just, I just wanted to put it out there. I yeah. just thought, wouldn't it be crazy if full circle, I mean, yes, you guys never competed, but if now this announcement and whatever, and it all goes full circle and suddenly, you know, you become training partners, like that'd be crazy. Kind of like how Mike Ma- Maza, who I fought for celebrity boxing, walked me out to the ring and was in my corner in my last fight. Right? Yeah, there you go. We, we're like family now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, I just wanted to put it out there. I just wanted to see what you would say. I, do, I wanted to hit you with it surprisingly. I didn't want you to prep for that answer, but I like your answer. So, um, all right, we're at the end of this podcast. Do you have anything that you want to say? What's what's your plans now? Maybe just outline for people that are, that, you know, most of the people that watch this podcast are here for you. Let's be honest. So what are I, they, What what I, is your what is your week now? What are you... So I literally, I'm headed to the gym tonight to try to sweat, get some long but light workouts in. Uh, okay. Then tomorrow, see what I weigh in at. Uh, I'm going to try to limit my water intake starting tomorrow, big time. Yeah. Uh, probably do a little training, but just sweating. Uh, and then I got to make a 6 a.m. flight to get to West Virginia. Thursday, the weigh-ins at six, I think. Uh, there's going to be some cool interviews. I'm really excited. If you guys are fans of like barstool sports, like all those legends on there are going to be doing the commentary. I found out, uh, including the president of barstool sports. Uh, so, like, I'm really excited for whatever press comes my way, and then I'm fighting sometime after eight o'clock uh, this Friday, right? So, you guys can go to rough and roundy's website i think it's yeah. like r and r brawl or something uh no, hold on i gotta take rid of this thing here no it's uh oh. by rnr.com and for anyone who hasn't watched it 
right? What makes this organization so unique and cool is like, they've got a lot of fun, fun going on, right? There's going to be some, uh, I think it's, I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong term, but like little people boxing matches, right? Uh, you've got, got some people having rematches. There's two guys fighting uh, another ninja, right? He won American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I think he's like one of their champs. Uh, if he loses, he's quitting fighting for good, right? So, <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of like, if you like to laugh on your Friday night, watch people yeah. beat each other up, get into brawls. Some people like me and Britt, who probably are a little more trained than some of these other characters, but you will see some knockouts. You will get some good laughs. And I'm just super excited to like invite y'all into this crazy world. Um, and then we could talk about what's next after that. So I hope some of you watch. I know Timmy will be. Uh, I hope I don't disappoint. Uh, but if somehow I do lose with a fluke, I promise I will be back. Maybe we'll run it back at the celebrity boxing ring. Uh, yeah. I'll put my belt on the line. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to lose. I'm here to win. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all. And thank you, Timmy. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. Everybody go watch. Uh, my first time watching Rough and Rowdy was just earlier this year when we had Sarah Ferruja on. And I was shocked at the quality of the production, the quality of the event, the quality of the announcing. Like, it is good. It is well, well done. You know, whatever this pay-per-view is going to cost, it's going to be worth your money. Because A, we're supporting you. But B, it's a good event. So check it out. Check out Rough and Rowdy this Friday to watch Brady Bunch kick some ass. Yes. Uh, good luck with everything. Tag us in everything so that we can keep put, uh, you know, sharing it out for you as well. But um, yeah, I'm so excited for you. I know you've been working so hard. You've been kicking ass. You've been training hard. I know all the struggles and the difficulty with everything that you go through. But to get to this point is very, very cool. And there's nothing but good, good stuff ahead of you for sure. Yes. Can't but wait. You know what, Timmy? I'm going to have to run to the restroom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so all right. Take care. Have a good one, everybody. I'm going to put up some videos here that you can see on the screen. Take care. Brady Bunch, kick ass. Talk to me. Talk to you later. Uh, give me some messages. Let me know how things are going. Good luck. Safe travels.